Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little Yee-haw. corner of the Wild West. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> My name is Riley. And I'm Isaiah. And welcome to the first episode of 2021. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're so excited. It's a new year. Mm-hmm. It's the same podcast, the but same with one. more things to talk about yeah. and more quality and more laughs. More quality. You're going to... Are you promising that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If... Yeah. If we don't, then... Then we'll cancel the show. Yes. Then this is the end of I Heard It on a Podcast. The question is, how do we define more quality? Well, that's that's the thing is it's unquantifiable. True. Mm, So... That maybe the show will never end because it's a subjective thing to measure. True. But we already are using better vocabulary. Yeah. Because I already use the words subjective, quantifiable, and probably another one. Probably, but at least two, which is yeah. more than we used last year. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the first episode of 2021. We are so happy to yeah. be in this new year with you guys. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot in store for you this episode, this week, and this year. All of those. So <laughs> yeah. buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Um, first off, I think we have a story to tell. Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of a story and it's also just kind of like a retrospective. Another big okay. word. I'm nice. So That's three. I'm going to keep track. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was going to tell another story that was like really not that interesting. And I instead want to talk about silly bands. That's what they were <laughs> called, right? Yes. Okay. So in case you didn't know or don't remember or anything like that, silly bands are, uh, these bracelets, these plastic or uh, rubber bands, basically they were rubber bands yes. that you put around your wrist. And their gimmick was that when they weren't around your wrist, they were in shapes. Silly shapes. Silly shapes. Yeah. So you could get a little pack of, mm, they were usually in the theme. So you could get yep. like an animal pack and yep. one would be a turtle and one would be a dog and one would be a rabbit. And that, but then when you put them on your wrist, there's just kind of this like weird squiggly, colorful yep. band on your wrist. Yep. But you could kind of you could trade them, uh-huh. or you could collect packs. Uh-huh. And this was probably really big in what 2013? twenty thirteen. Yeah, some somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. It was really big for probably like a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to the beach one year. When like the height, the summer that this was yeah. really big, and the only thing that really mattered to me in my life at this time was silly bands, uh-huh. and I was at the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey, which was like where my fa- one of my family, some of my family lived at the time, and on the boardwalk they sell a bunch of gimmicky stuff, uh-huh. you know, and of course they were selling silly bands. Obviously, Even, there was all sorts of. Uh, like off brands uh-huh. and cheaper ones that you yeah. could get. Sometimes they would break. Sometimes they were weird colors. Sometimes yeah. they were made of like a cheaper plastic, if you could believe that. <laughs> but there was like a name brand, I believe. Yep. The name Silly was bands. Silly Bands. With a Z. With a Z, yeah. Yep. And so I, I think usually only bought Silly Bands, the brand, mm-hmm. because they were like the Quality. OGs. Some people wouldn't trade the knockoff ones. <laughs> yeah. Get shunned from those circles. <laughs> And I remember buying, I probably bought 10 packs and there was probably four or five silly bands in a pack. Um, So I maybe had from like where my wrist meet or where my hand meets my arm, four inches of just plastic bands on my arm covering. It was like a weird rainbow thing on my wrist. It was like, yeah. (laughs) 
And I would just take them off and look at their little shapes and uh-huh. like group them by color and group them by type and uh-huh. have them fight one another. And yep. It was awesome, yeah. man. Those are cool. Uh-huh. Let's bring back silly bands. We should. I spent like every cent of the income that I got, you know, in 2012. I don't even remember how old I was then. Yeah. It was, I was probably like, it must have been earlier than that, right? You should look it up because I feel like I wouldn't have done that as like a 15 or 16 year old, which would have been 2012. So it must have been earlier. 2010 mm-hmm. is what we're seeing. Yeah. So, yeah, so that makes more sense. I was, you know, you were 10. 10. No, I was older than 10. I was like 13. In 2010, we were yeah, yes, 13. Yes, we're wow. good at math. That was embarrassing. Wow. Good quality. Cut that here. out. We'll cut that. We're not going <laughs> to tell people that. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Yeah, so um, okay. it was still like I spent a lot of money and some places would be sold out because it were so popular and so you have to buy them online or from weird like stores. Like I went to the Hallmark store a bunch of times. They had them there, yeah. but no one else went to Hallmark. So Well, they, yeah, the only reason you go to the Hallmark store really is to get silly bands or Webkins. Yeah, dude, I was actually <laughs> going to bring the Webkins thing up because they had yes. the like Webkins trading cards too. Mm-hmm. And I did those when those were a big thing, like... I spent all, they were just basically my childhood was spending all of my money on whatever fad was current for like 10 <laughs> <Yes>. years. <laughs> That's very relatable uh-huh. though. Like what, what else would you get yeah. or what else would you spend your like $10 a week or whatever yeah. on? There's not much else because if you want to like get a video game console, well, you're a kid and you're poor. So right. you have to hope for Christmas. Or Yeah. You either hope for Christmas or you save up for a year and a yeah. half. Uh-huh. So no, I spent basically all of my money on both Webkins and Silly Bands. Mm-hmm. But then I got responsible and I started mowing lawns and I saved my money in a bank account. Wow. And it was all all, from there. I was going to say downhill. (laughs) Because, like, now what do you spend it on? Like, boring stuff. Yeah. Gas. Gas. Food. Food insurance. Yep. I mean, we talk about other fun stuff that we buy too on Uh this podcast, but we don't talk about the boring stuff that we buy. Yeah. And gone are the days of being able to spend 100% of your income (laughs) on whatever you're into. I probably spend like, 3% 3% of my income on things that I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some days I'm like, different. man, if I could spend all the money I make on my hobbies, oh, that, would that would last for about amazing. two weeks. Yeah, and then I and would then... starve and be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They but, shut off the electricity yeah, real, real quick. One can wish. <laughs> well, that was a fun trip down the yeah, road. Yeah, I had forgotten about real. silly bands. Good times. Oh, man. Okay, well, what else we got going on today? Well, okay, so... My aunt was telling me, she mentioned in passing about drones, something about mm-hmm. drones. And I was like, oh, okay, Isaiah likes drones. Maybe we'll talk about that on the podcast. Uh-huh. And I started looking into it, and it's actually kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. So uh, here we are. Let's pull it up. Okay. So the FAA recently changed or updated, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, their regulations on drone piloting. Mm-hmm. So up until... A, I guess a couple of days ago. Actually, I'll say first, these changes won't go into effect for a couple of months, like probably February. Okay. Um, but so basically, right now, you can't pilot a drone at night mm-hmm. or over people, mm-hmm. and you have to like be licensed or on some list or something like yep. that if you're piloting one at all. Mm-hmm. And the FAA, which stands for Federal, Federal Aviation, Aviation Administration, yeah. has to know about you yep. owning and operating a drone. And these changes that have been made, which I'll get to in a second, are really just to push along and promote the um, the use of drones for delivering and uh, like package delivery and logistics. Yeah, yeah, logistics, and not necessarily for people's personal use. Yeah, 
um, for drone flying for recreational use or I don't know what else is there. Right. Um, so the the changes are that people now can fly drones at night, mainly. That's the main one, and that you can. Uh, there's more like routine operations that are allowed, so that will help with more uh, sustainable, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. routine use of drones in delivering packages. Yeah, which is good because beforehand you could fly drones at night, but you'd have to get a like a waiver or a permit to do it, and this would be kind of in the. Uh, in the film industry was kind of where this was intended to be used. So like if you wanted to shoot a shot from a drone at night for a movie, you could get permitted, but it was only good for like that one day for one drone. And this wouldn't be, mm. you know, feasible for companies who want to use it for logistic things because you can't get a permit every time you want to ship a package on a drone. Mm-hmm. And so now they're kind of changing it. The other rule was you weren't able to fly over people before. And now you are allowed to. And basically, like, if you're not allowed to fly over people. Like, what does that even mean? You can't. Where are there not Yeah, people? you can't fly anywhere. Like, you could fly in, like, a park, but you definitely couldn't fly over, like, you know, a city. And like, you can't fly in national parks or, yeah. like, private land. Mm-hmm. So besides private land or national parks, where are there not people? Right. Unless you own a lot of private land. Right. So it basically was impossible to use drones to deliver packages. And there's just a lot of other rules too. Like drones aren't allowed to fly more than 400 feet in altitude. Mm. They have to stay below the airspace of, you know, manned aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, threw out a lot of cities too because there are a lot of buildings that are kind of taking up a lot of that space. Yeah. Um, but now it sounds like, and drones have, since they kind of became a more popular thing, have been in the state of, having laws created around them and kind of in flux because there haven't been concrete regulations put in place necessarily. And it's still such a new, you know, technology that's having mass adoption. And so we're still in the very early stages of like, what are drones going to be used for? Because up until now, it's basically just been, you know, cinematography stuff and hobbyist, you know, like racing drones or just flying them for fun or whatever. But now they're actually going to have some, you know, useful, um, Uses, I guess, useful uses. That's good, but don't add that one to the list. No, that's not going to go. No, <laughs> we're still at three. But it's exciting because this is like the future. Like an autonomous drone dropping off your Amazon package in an hour. Yeah, is the future kind of weird? So we'll see. But it's it's kind of it's exciting to think about, and it's cool that they're kind of opening it up a little bit. Because even for just you know like people like us we can do more with drones now. We can fly them in more places. You know, you could get cool shots of like uh, sunset or like people at the beach or like just kind of stuff like that that you weren't legally allowed to get before. And there was a lot of like, you know, YouTubers would go and get illegal footage, but, you know, who really cares? Like the FAA is not going to hunt down every drone owner and, you know, find them for flying at night. But it was also crazy because... I don't know if this is changing with the new regulations, but beforehand, if you wanted to fly your drone for personal use, you just have to register it with the FAA, which is like a $5 fee, Mm. and you put in the serial number of your drone and you get like a registration for it. Um, But if you wanted to fly it for commercial reasons, so like if you wanted to, um, if you owned a YouTube channel that you made money from and you wanted to put footage in, or if you wanted to take aerial photos of um, real estate for you know, mm-hmm. realtors, or if you wanted to take video at concerts, any of that stuff, 
was a commercial use and you would have to actually become a licensed pilot through the FAA and sit in on like actual pilot training courses to learn how to read maps and to how to communicate with Mm. um, air traffic control and how to read wind charts and plot like courses and just like so much stuff that you had to learn how to do just to fly a drone. And you're never really going to use it for a drone. You know, like you don't necessarily need to know how to read, you know, navigational charts to find airports and just kind of stuff like that. But it was required to fly it for a commercial. So if you wanted to have a drone business, you'd have to go to a flight school and pay a lot of money to take, you know, pilots classes. And then you'd have to go and take a test with the FAA. And, you know, they give you, it's like a 60 question test and you have to uh, like map charts out and you have to answer a bunch of general knowledge questions and you have to kind of tell how you would inform air traffic control about where you're flying and just like super regulated to the point where if you went through all of these hoops, you could actually make a ton of money being a commercial drone operator right. because no one else like does it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have the market cornered. Yeah, so you could charge, you know, like several hundred dollars to fly your drone for 10 minutes and take photos of people's houses to like post up on Zillow or whatever. And it was kind of like big, like hard to get into, but then once you're in, you're really in. And so I'm curious if that's going to change at all with the new I don't think it is. This article that I'm reading says that the new rules will still require that drones used at night include flashing lights that can be seen up to three miles away and the operators will need a special will need special training. I don't huh. it doesn't say yeah. if that's the same intense pilot training. Right. But it says you still need some sort of training. And that the drones can't contain any rotating parts that are capable of cutting skin. So I don't know. I've never seen like a real serious heavy duty yeah. um drone. But I can't imagine that a legit drone like those several thousand dollar ones yeah. aren't using rotating blades that can't that wouldn't cut skin. I think they did a test. I'm trying to remember which channel did this. It might have been slow mo guys on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a test to see if they could cut skin with a drone. And typically the motor doesn't have enough torque, mm-hmm. so your skin will stop it. It might scratch you. But that's even those big because they would get one of those big like six rotor like ten pound drones that they would use to carry cinema cameras and stuff like that and the the danger there is more like actually getting hit by the drone and less of the propellers um because most of them are pretty i guess that makes sense if you spread the weight out with six different propellers so most of the propellers aren't strong enough for moving yeah fast enough to hurt you like that um but that's really weird like no rotating parts that can cut skin clearly it's been an issue in the past apparently it's a specific rule it's very specific How do you want to fly a drone with no rotating parts? Who knows? <laughs> Levitation. Yeah, okay. We'll just advance science. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of makes me want to buy a drone now. So maybe maybe I'll do that. Stimulus checks I are coming soon. I you already right? had one. I do. I do have oh. one, but I want to buy more. I want to buy one <laughs> with course. bigger motors and a better camera. And Of course. They make some actually um, DJI who's a... They make like gimbals for cameras and um, Mm -hmm. drones and just lots of cinematography gear. Um, They have some drones that are like six or seven hundred bucks that can fly for like an hour and they can go like five miles away from you, which isn't necessarily legal because you're supposed to keep your drone within eyesight, Mm -hmm. which is another regulation. I wonder if they're going to change because if you're supposed to keep it within eyesight all the time. Some guys like always running (laughs) under it, piloting. Watching all the Amazon deliveries. Um, But... And then you can record like 4K footage. They're really nice and they're really cheap comparatively like to where they sure. used to be. 
Um, so I'm, I don't know, stimulus check coming soon. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. But yeah, we'll be interested to see where that goes. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm sure that regulations and legislation will continue yeah. to change in this realm. Totally. It has <clears throat> we didn't to. mention it in the episode last week, but this is something I should have said. One of my predictions for 2021 is that drone regulations will continue to change. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, this technically happened in like December 28th of 2020. Right. So it's not really 2021 They could still continue news. to change, oh, though. Oh, it will. Yeah. 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 But this specifically is not technically a 2021 change. Right. Well, good thing you didn't say it. Then. You would have been <laughs> <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> I would have been wrong. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, should we get into our main topic of the mm-hmm. evening? Um. So today we're talking about whether or not you should make your house more intelligent or smart. Smarter. Like the movie Smart Home. Smart home, smart house. That, that Disney Channel original movie. I have never heard of that. Oh, you keep talking. Is it like Monster House? No. <laughs> keep, okay. I'll, well, I'll refresh my memory. You keep going. Sure. So basically, we're going to talk about what it takes to make your home into a smart home and whether or not it's worth it, whether or not it's safe, um, and whether the benefit outweighs the cons of this um, endeavor. And this has come a long ways in in the past, even several months, but even over the past two years, um, we've seen a lot more advancement in kind of Internet of Things gadgets and ways that you can make simple items in your house connect to the Internet and become intelligent. Um, what are you finding out? It, okay, so this movie it was made by Disney. I, I remember watching it on Disney Channel. It came out in 1999, and uh, here's the... One sentence synopsis. A boy tries to stop his father from dating by programming their computerized house to be a surrogate mother. What? <laughs> so if I remember right, this family like won a competition or something, so they got to move into a house that's programmed to be able to do anything, uh-huh. really. You know, make their toast and yeah. pick out their outfit and whatever. Um, and it comes with a program that acts like a mom and an AI, as we would call it now. Right. But probably not in '99, right? Um, and they, over the course of the movie, this AI starts to act like a mom. You know, tells him they can't go out late at <laughs> night, and tells the dad that he needs to change his tie or uh-huh. whatever. I'm remembering all of this from like 15 years ago, huh. so yeah. You know, show me grace, but <laughs> but I think and she ends up like being like over oppressive or something like that. Like there's some problem, but here are some of the top quotes from the movie. Do you think you could at least manage some piggy tails? <laughs> Quote, um, here's another one. Come on, let's go. We're late enough as it is. So clearly, those are it, stellar quotes. Yeah, clearly, this movie like really left a big place on the cultural landmark. Yes. Uh, it was just defining. <laughs> yeah. So, but literally, probably for the rest of my life, whenever we talk about like intelligent homes uh-huh. or smart houses or whatever, this is what I will think of as this movie. Okay, well, you've got your standards set. Yep. So now let's get into talking about okay. it and seeing yeah. if it's going to match up to your standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a lot of different levels you can go with, oh, hello, with making your home smart. Um, anywhere from, you know, basic stuff like having an Alexa to uh-huh. all the way up to, Every single thing in your house can be automated and programmed to your schedule and you don't really have to think about any menial things. You just live your life and your house does all the work for you. Um, And this used to be 
kind of what you were saying, like you'd be super rich and like it's kind of a big deal if you have a house like this. Mm-hmm. And now anyone can have this for, as you're going to hear, $500. You can automate your house to a good level. Okay. So let's get into it. So I would say the first level of smart home or home automation is simple things like um, having a voice assistant, whether it's Alexa or uh, Google or Siri, um, and having them do menial tasks for you, like set timers, play music, remind you of things. And does this have to be beyond what's built into your phone? Yeah, this would be something that you would add to your house. Okay, right, so, okay. Yeah, everyone has that in their phone, but this would be something that is specific to your house. And my personal favorite way of doing this is just buying an Echo Dot. Um, they're really cheap. They're like $30. And then you get Alexa, and it's a decent speaker, so you can listen to music, and she can set timers. Um, there's also the... Google Home, which is Google's basically the exact same thing as the Alexa. And there's also the new Apple HomePod. And believe it or not, I'm going to not recommend the Apple thing for once. (laughs) We're going to go against our Apple cultism. What is the Apple thing? The Apple thing is called the HomePod or HomePod Mini. Um, I don't even know if I've heard of that. It's new. Um, They just released it super recently. It's just like this, it's a felt covered ball of speaker here's a picture of it and it has siri built in yeah it's new and so it can play music and do all that stuff but it's pretty expensive for what it is it's 100 bucks compared Mm -hmm. to typically a dot or a google home are 30 ish dollars um and they do have more expensive versions of both of those but this is apple's only kind of option in this space and it has Siri on it as an assistant, which is just kind of a bummer because Siri can't do anything and she's pretty dumb for being a smart assistant. Is Siri really that different from any of the other assistants? Yeah. I hate Siri because <laughs> she can't do anything. Have you ever asked Siri to do something? And she's I haven't like, talked to Siri in years. Okay. Well, just for because, example. Oh, yeah. Siri's talking to me right now. Go away. <laughs> just for example, um, the other day I... We were talking about this earlier. I had like some music queued up in my Spotify uh-huh. and I hadn't cleared my queue. So I got into my car and I started playing the playlist that I wanted to. So I asked Siri to play whatever playlist on Spotify. And she's like, okay. And so she starts the playlist. And then as soon as the first song ends, my queue started playing again, which was a different playlist that I didn't right. want to listen to. And so I was like, well, this sucks. And I'm driving. So I'm obviously not going to use my phone. Right, that's the right thing to yes, do. Yes, yes. And I didn't have my phone plugged into my CarPlay, so I couldn't just like use my CarPlay to change it. So I activated Siri and I said, hey Siri, clear my Spotify queue, which seems like it shouldn't be that hard to do, right? Like Alexa can do that. Oh. Yeah, easy. Well, okay. Siri says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that right now. But that was after she had had first trouble connecting she was like oh sorry i can't reach the servers right now and then she didn't understand me the second time so on my third ask she said she couldn't help me with that and so at this point i've been driving i'm like halfway to where i'm driving and i haven't gotten to listen to music i've just gotten a fight with siri and siri just can't do anything well like there's a lot of basic things like if you need to know math like you could ask siri what two plus two is yeah and that'd be fine but if you ask her to like change the music no no apparently she can't do that right so Siri as a as an assistant is kind of gimped compared to the other. Yeah, assistants. it was definitely a novelty eight years ago yeah. or whatever, but yeah. hasn't 
it doesn't seem like it's changed much since then. Yeah, it's not super useful. The only thing it's kind of good for is texting back while you're driving, and that's not even that great most of the time, too. So don't buy the Apple one, but the Amazon and the Google are both okay. You can pick whoever you want to spy on you <laughs> for the rest of your life. Um, but that's kind of the, the basic level. Those are super cheap. It's kind of an easy way to get into it, and it's not super useful. It's just kind of a, a novelty. Um, nothing you couldn't do with your phone super fast, probably faster on your phone. Um, but these get more powerful when you move up to the second level of home automation, which is where you start pairing it with devices or Internet of Things devices. Um, and these are basically just normal household objects like a toaster or a light or a power plug or a lock mm -hmm. that are computerized and connected to the Internet so they can be controlled. Um, and the first place people usually go with this is um, lighting and then locks on their doors. Mm -hmm. And I actually have uh, a bunch of smart lights, which you've seen. And this is kind of where making your home automated starts coming into its own. It really allows... It starts like, to shine. Yeah. Wow. Great. It's not a big word, but it feels like it was a good <laughs> word play. We'll add it. No, just kidding. Um, but this is kind of where you start to feel like you're living in the future. Because when you're talking to Alexa, it's like, it's fine. It doesn't feel amazing. The novelty is worn off yeah. a little. But when you're lying in bed and you tell Alexa to turn off all the lights, you don't have to get out of bed and they go off. That's when you're like, oh, yeah. this is the lap of luxury right now. And believe it or not, this isn't that expensive. You too can have this. Um, you too. The, the biggest like smart lighting company is Philips and they make a product called Hue. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, and they're just basically a light bulb with all of the smart stuff built into them so you don't have to buy specialty lamps or light switches or anything like that it's just a bulb and you put it into lamps or fixtures or wherever you want this light bulb and then they form a mesh network so they talk to each other and then they talk back to a bridge and the bridge talks to alexa and then you've got smart lighting and you can you know choose to set up scenes in your house so like if you want to have a specific lighting scene for watching a movie you can program that ahead of time and then all you have to do is say hey alexa i'm going to watch a movie and the lighting scene will be set for you so it's it's pretty cool and there's a lot of kind of creative things you can do with this um, but this is kind of also where the price starts stepping up a little bit because you have to buy the echo dot which is you know 30 bucks and then you have to buy the hub for the hue bulbs which is about 60 bucks and I've actually got hub. one over there mounted on the back of that rack. The thing is glowing blue. And so that's what all oh. the bulbs talk to you so that they can communicate to each other and that's what communicates to Alexa that's for the bulbs. That's what the bridge? Yeah. Okay. It's actually called a bridge so there you go. Oh. Um, and so that's about 60 bucks and you just mount that you know, next to your Wi-Fi router. And then each individual bulb is about 15 bucks a piece which is a little bit pricey compared to like just a basic LED bulb. Mm -hmm. But they also typically will last, you know, 15 or 20 years because it's an LED bulb. All right. And so theoretically, you're going to have to buy them once and not have to worry about it. Um, and they do like multiple colors, right? Not the basic ones. Oh. If you want colors, yeah, this is where it gets pricey. If you want a colored bulb that can, you know, do red or blue or adjustable white balance because some people want their lights during the day to be daylight colored uh -huh. like a bluer white and then as it gets into the evening they want it to be kind of an orange or white 
And so you can do that with this fancier bulb, which is uh, $45 per oh. bulb. We step up a little bit here. And so you can have one of those cool, like, minimalistic Instagram houses, but you have to pay $45 per bulb. And most light fixtures, you know, have two bulbs typically, maybe more. Um, and most rooms have a couple of light fixtures. Like, if we were to do the room that we're in now with colored bulbs, there's two lights in the fixture above us, and then there's a lamp over here, and then there's two lights in there. So that'd be five bulbs already. And so that's 250 260 bucks if we wanted them to be colored. Yeah, around there. But I did them just in a white light, mm -hmm. and I got the like multi-pack of smart white bulbs for 10 bucks a piece i think i paid 50 bucks for five smart lights and so that gives me the whole room and to be honest i think that's kind of one of those things that really the novelty would wear off of all the different colors yeah you really only use them like if you were doing like a movie night that was themed or like having a party it's not something you would kind of do in your normal life that i'm aware of like maybe other people have more creative feels about this but i would maybe do it in a a certain room but yeah for just like in your kitchen or mm -hmm. whatever i i get that because it's not like you always want to come home and like oh i want my kitchen to be green right now you know right most of the time that's kind of a novelty thing but it could be cool in some situations or some rooms i agree i wonder if they'll i mean uh, everything like this eventually becomes cheaper or yeah there's a competitor that will yeah. eventually become reasonable but i've only ever heard of phillips yeah and there are the market there are definitely cheaper smart bulbs i've seen them for as low as like five dollars but this this list i kind of put together was the stuff that i would recommend mm -hmm. and a lot of those because the the biggest issue and the reason that i kind of would spend more on a lot of this stuff is if you're connecting something to the internet that's also like part of your house you kind of are open to a lot of security risks um and for every different brand and every different product you put in, you're adding another, you know, possible kind of chink in your defenses, mm. if you will. And so with name brands, they typically have, you know, security teams who are building out protections for these devices and fixing holes and bugs and stuff like that. Whereas there are other, you know, off-brand manufacturers who will ship a product and never update it again. And you run into these issues where if someone discovers a vulnerability in the software or the hardware they could hack in and it's not just like they're hacking in they can control stuff in your house and with some stuff it gets really scary like if you have uh internet enabled uh security cameras in your house they could hack in and just watch you when you're in your house or if you have hey. internet enabled smart locks they could just unlock your front door and come inside uh -huh. so there are some things like a light it's not a big deal but it's still adding a vulnerability for them to get into your internal network and control everything. Okay. And so typically with this kind of stuff, you're going to want to go with, you know, name brand, well-reviewed, updated products. Because even if you just get one vulnerable device, it opens up your whole network and you're kind of at the mercy of whoever. Yeah. So let's talk about okay. locks. Yes. Locks. What's the advantage of having a digital lock is that what they're called yeah so like a smart lock or whatever lock. um to me there's not a huge advantage to just like being able to lock and unlock your door you know i could see it being nice if you want to go get the mail and lock your door behind you but not take your keys but then you still have to take your mail key so there's not like 
it's, does it, is it really even that much faster to like open your phone and go to the app and click the button? Well, some just of them, turn your so key? most of them nowadays will have um, kind of an NFC thing enabled. So like if you have an Apple Watch, it'll be enabled on your Apple Watch. So you just touch your watch to the door and it would unlock. Um, or you could touch your phone to the door. So you're not like having to go into the app. Um, but the big plus with this isn't necessarily like me getting in. It's not saving me that much time, mm-hmm. but it's kind of general access control. So like if I was on vacation, but I needed you to be able to come over and water my plant or whatever, I could either remotely unlock my door from my phone while I'm you know 600 miles away, or I could give you guest access on your phone so that for the week that I'm gone, you're able to come and unlock my door between like 3 mm-hmm. and 5 p.m., and any other time you'll be locked out. So it kind of enables you to give different people access to your house at different times for different like durations, basically. And it gives you an easy way to, you know, maintain access to your house. And it's also nice because you know how you can like loan keys out, but then sometimes people lose them or like you never know if someone has the key from your old apartment and you're supposed to get the locks changed. Right. This kind of gets rid of that whole thing because you always have knowledge of who has access to your house based on the app and you Mm -hmm. can revoke that from anyone anytime you want to and it's just a more easy way to kind of control that stuff and if you aren't the type of person who you know needs to do that then there's I don't think a huge point to it Um, and if it's the convenience of just not having to get up off your couch to unlock the door when someone comes over it's probably not worth like the security risk of right. having your home connected to the internet. But then on the flip side of that, it, you're more likely to have someone who knows how to pick a lock or smash your door in than you are to have someone who knows how to hack into your house. So yeah. in practice, the risk of your smart lock being hacked as opposed to just your house being broken into, because like most people have a window right next to their door, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're actually going to be burgled, they're just going to break the window and go in through the window. They're not going to like try to pick your smart lock and like hack into your house or whatever. So the risks there are pretty small. The only incidents I've actually heard of this are people just kind of showing what could happen and mm. hacking locks to just show. But it's not like a like it takes them hours and hours of like research and testing, and it's just not really a a, a viable threat. I don't think. But that depends on the lock you get and the software it's running and all that stuff. So right, I, that's even more of a case of like, sure, maybe go with the Philips light bulbs, but right. you definitely should probably go with a name, name brand, brand lock lock yeah. that has some legit software and people consistently totally. updating it and improving it. Totally, yeah. So that's that's kind of the next step up from the lights is like locks, and you can actually get like smart garage door openers too. Um, but things like that, like to me, I mean, I don't have those personally and I don't see really the benefit of them because I don't use the access control side of things. Like I don't have people coming over to my house all the time when I'm not here and the risk just kind of isn't worth it, especially for stuff like a smart garage door opener because it's just as Our easy garage to door push openers the button on the, yeah, on the garage door opener. And there is a case for like you can geotag your phone, which basically means like your phone is telling these apps your location and when you get close enough to your house it can set off like a chain of events so like for me when i get to my house there's like a geofence area like within 400 Mm -hmm. feet of my house and when i when my phone comes within that it turns all my lights on if it's after a certain amount of time and so theoretically you could program it so hey when i get within 
you know, 300 feet of my house. I want the lights to come on. I want my thermostat, my smart thermostat, which we're going to talk about, to set it to a certain temperature. I want the garage door to open. I want the shower to turn on to a certain temperature. And I want like <laughs> Alexa to start reading my news to me like when I walk in the door. And so you can have this whole kind of like futuristic, like your house is responding to you and everything's just kind of happening as you move into your house, which is really cool. But then you have to, you know, have all of these niche devices that cost a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. do you want to pay 60 bucks to have your garage door smart open instead of just pushing the button? Right. And so there are some things that at this point in time aren't worth automating, in my opinion. Yeah. But there are some things that are, which one of them is a smart thermostat. So let's talk about those. Okay. Um, these are pretty cool because not only are they fancy technology wise and kind of cool, but they also actually save a lot of electricity and they typically will save, you know, 40% off of your heating and cooling bills. I can get on board with that. Yeah, because it's good for the planet and it's good for your wallet, which who, who can argue with that? And a lot of electric companies are actually giving these away for free or subsidized because they're just saving so much like grid strain, basically. Um, and so there's a couple big players um the biggest one i would say is a nest thermostat who's mm-hmm. owned by google and then the other big one is an ecobee thermostat um and the big feature of these you just install them in place of your old thermostat and then they kind of track your habits and they learn when you're at home what rooms you're in when you're at work when you're like out for the night and over the period of a couple of weeks it kind of learns your schedule and it learns what temperature you like it at when and then it kind of will, through machine learning, do like a scheduled programming of your thermostat. And you might have like had those. You remember the old like programmable thermostats where you could set like at 8 p.m. I want it to drop right. like four degrees. But that was it. Like you could program super basic stuff like that. These take it to a whole new level because it has this kind of algorithm guessing when you're going to leave and it can start to dip the temperature. Um, and if your phone doesn't leave then it will keep it at a comfortable temperature and it can tell when you're coming home and so it'll start to raise the temperature again like during the winter and so you can have it set to basically say hey i'm gonna wake up every morning i want the temperature to go from 68 to 70 as i'm getting ready and like be nice and warm and then as i'm leaving for work i want to drop the temperature to 60 degrees and then i'll be at work until five and then at five when i get off start bringing the temperature back up to 72 so when i get home it's warm and that saves a lot of power not having your furnace run all day mm-hmm. or your air conditioner or whatever. Um, and that way it's always like the perfect temperature because you can schedule when you want it to be which temperature. And I think my favorite thing is if you wake up cold in the night, you can just grab your phone and turn the temperature up, you know, two or three degrees and you don't have to get out of bed and you don't have to get another blanket. And so, it would learn that you were cold in the yeah. middle of the night. And then it would adjust it, say, oh, yeah. he wants it 75 instead of 72 at night. And so this is kind of one of the coolest ones, in my opinion. Like, not only is it helpful, like practically because of the energy savings and all of that stuff, but it's also just kind of a luxury comfort thing. And so this is kind of the best of both worlds where you're getting the cool tech and also something that's practical. You don't feel like you're just spending money on a niche like right. novelty product. So those are cool. You can get those for list price, like 130, 150 bucks. But like I said, most electric companies... they would pay for itself eventually. Yeah, pretty quickly. Most of the time they say in under a year they'll pay for themselves. But 
again, most electric companies are subsidizing them or giving them away for free. Like I got an offer to get one for like 30 bucks from my electric company mm. and their website was broken, which is great, but I could have theoretically done it if I would have tried hard enough. Um, so that's, that's another option if you want to make your home smarter. Um, there's other things that are kind of less mainstream, like smart TVs where you can control them with your phone and kind of map them to when you come home, you could have it turn on to a specific channel or whatever, which to me, like having a TV remote isn't the biggest deal. That's not something that I find to be an inconvenience in my life, but maybe you do. So maybe you should look into a smart TV if that's an inconvenience. We'll get into that more in the next episode. Yes, we will. Um, there's also things like a smart mirror and this is kind of like, you know, Jarvis and Iron Man and like there's sure. the, it's basically his like smart home assistant. Yeah. And there's like the holograms everywhere and he can see things like on the walls and like interact with them. This is kind of like that. It's basically a mirror that has a giant screen behind it. And so it can project like the temperature, the news, the upcoming weather, your calendar, all that kind of stuff on the mirror and so you're looking into a mirror but there's kind of stuff overlaid on it for when you're staring in a mirror and getting ready yeah so it'd be like it'd be like in the morning like your mirror could come up with your calendar and like the top three things in your to-do list and just kind of it's mostly as a kind of like a front and center data reminder i guess that would stress me out it could. I just want to zone out and like do my hair. But you could you also know? have it tell you like inspirational quotes or okay. like, yeah, it could, it could do not productive things too. It's so just like have YouTube in the background. You could. Yeah, you could. And this typically, like it typically works best with like monochromatic things. So like text and stuff like that. I don't know how well color would work because you're basically putting a mirror over the front of kind of a TV is what it right. is. And so... It could kind of get funky, but for stuff like text. And this is something that I haven't found like a good commercially available version of. Most of the time when I've seen these, it's people building them themselves out of like a TV and a mirror and like a Raspberry Pi or something like that. Um, so that's a little bit less like something you could buy. But if you really do want a mirror that tells you what you have to do that day, it's an option. You could build one for not that much money and program it to do whatever you want to do. Um, you can also get things this is one that i've wanted to do and they don't make them anywhere that are cheap they only have really expensive ones and it's like smart blinds or smart shades i want yeah. these uh-huh. i really do because picture this you're lying in bed in the morning and it's dark out well it's dark in your room it's light outside mm-hmm. and you're waking up at seven so at 6 30 your blinds slowly start to open and let the sun creep in just a little bit and it's not so much that the sun would have hit you in the face at 5 a.m. like sometimes happens. It's pitch black until you want them to start and you get a gradual fade in of sunlight until at 7 a.m. your blinds are open and it's time to wake up. Mm. And oh, what a dream that I is. I want them. Uh-huh. I've thought about that for years, like uh-huh. maybe even before they existed. But uh-huh. I was like, this needs to be a thing, you know? Waking up to the sunlight is so much better. Uh-huh. I do it na- like, you know, the sun rises around 7 o'clock and that's around when I wake up. Yeah. So I just leave my blinds open now uh-huh. and it's... So much it's so much easier to get up with the sun. Yep. And if I, I think that's one of the first things I would automate in my home. Yeah. Honestly, is blinds because it's just makes mm-hmm. getting up in the morning so much easier. Yeah. The downside with this is the only commercially available ones that I've seen are typically like five hundred dollars per window, not including the actual blinds. Well, that's if you just, just put the, them in the master bedroom. 
just like the two windows yeah. that are facing the bedroom. Right. You could you know spend a thousand dollars. It'd be a splurge. You It'd can, be a splurge. If you're technologically minded, you could build them yourself for probably eighty bucks a window, but you're gonna have to have you know a little bit of That's knowledge on how to you know rig up a gear motor stepper system and stuff like that. So if you want them just to like buy off the shelf and slap in, it'd be five hundred a window. Um, the other downside is you're kind of just stuck with generic white blinds. You can't really do any stylistic choices. I feel by the time I own a house, it'll be different. Things yeah, will be different. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be able to get in whatever years. you want. Right. <laughs> Thanks, housing bubble. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, so let's kind of package this up very nicely. So say you wanted to automate your house today and you had nothing and you kind of wanted to go not all out into like completely automating everything, but you wanted more than just the basic stuff. Okay. Um, so I've put together an automation package for oh. you if you're if you're interested in automating your house. Wow. Um, so this would include an Echo Dot for thirty dollars, which gives you music, voice commands, um, timers, all of that basic stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, it includes a Hue Hub, uh, which controls all of the smart lights, and it includes four smart bulbs for lamps or whatever this would probably just be enough for a room you could buy more bulbs if you wanted to do more than that um that also includes two smart outlets which are basically just an outlet that you can turn on and off remotely mm-hmm. um so that would give you the option to like plug lamps into it and not have to buy bulbs for that lamp you could just buy a plug yeah because they're only 10 bucks a piece so this includes two of those you could power two lamps um this also includes a nice name brand front door smart lock so that you don't get broken into. Okay. Um, a Nest thermostat and a smart garage door, just like a basic relay that you would connect yourself. And that basically automates kind of most of the major kind of coming home and going away things that you would do in your day. So it saves you from the routine of turning things on and off, changing the temperature, locking your doors, kind of just the basic, this is like a basic level of good comfort, like mm-hmm. time-saving stuff. And believe it or not, you can get all of that for only $450. So less than the price of one blind. Yes. <laughs> you can automate everything else for less than one blind. <laughs> oh, you know, man. when you think about how much like a whole house costs uh-huh. and and the choice, I don't know this, but I'm, cons- I've never experienced it, but I'm conceptualizing people choosing like, the difference in this type of flooring or that type of flooring, yeah. and it's two dollars more per square foot, so it ends up being eighteen hundred more dollars. Right, four hundred fifty dollars is really not that much to improve your mm-hmm. whole home. Like in, when you're talking in the concept of the cost of an entire right. home, four fifty is not that much. Because then there's other things like maybe you want fancier outlets with fancier face plates. It might be you know another two dollars per outlet for 40 outlets in your house. You know, everything in a house to upgrade little things adds up pretty quickly. So I'd agree with you, especially if it's a bigger house. This is nothing in the grand scheme of things, you know, compared to 20 grand to redo a kitchen or whatever. Right. And it arguably adds more than a lot of these just refreshes anyway. Like it adds more utility. So this is worth it to me, at least up to a up to a point. And that's obvious because I've done it already Mm -hmm. um and i think it's gonna just become even more worth it 
as we see more technological advances in this area and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just excited for the day when, you know, robots can make food for me. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> I mean, if, depending on how you define it, they've been doing that for like a hundred years. I think there's a McDonald's in Tokyo that is just manned by robots. I mean, I was talking about like ovens and microwaves. Oh, and no, I'm saying stuff. I don't have to think about it. All of a sudden food just shows up on a tray. You don't even want to think about it. I want you to predict what I want and when I'm going to be hungry. Like that Jimmy Neutron yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. Episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I want. I don't even want to think about having to get food. I just want it to show up and then I eat it. That's all one can really wish for. <laughs> that's an entire other episode. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Okay, well, we'll get there someday. But I think that's going to do us for today. So let's send it out today. Thanks all for- right. Thanks for listening to I Heard It On A Pod. That was great. What accent was that? Uh, Australian? I don't know. Okay. Thanks for listening to I Heard It On A Podcast. We've got new episodes every Monday and Wednesday that you can find wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard today and know someone else who might like this too, you can send it their way. We still need to figure out a better way to say that because every time I say it, it feels awkward. Oh, If you have a better way for us to say that, email us at I Heard It On A I heard it on a podcast at this is great. We're just going to end. I heard it on podcast at gmail.com. Episode's over. Goodbye. (laughs) And no witty banter to end the podcast. Nope, it just ends. It's just.